Yes, we're live from the Global Media Congress currently at ADNEC. It's been such an exciting morning looking at all the different topics and different panels that have been taking place all about how we can better use our media platforms. But nowadays, media isn't just what we watch on TV or what we listen to on the radio, especially if you're tuning into Pulse95 right now. Um, content is everywhere. It's on our screens. And nowadays, con content is king, as many would like to call it. A lot of people want it to be enjoyable. They are looking for the likes and the shares and they want things to be trending and while we want to to go ahead and pursue that, we also want to make sure that we are still being intellectually challenged. So finding that middle ground has definitely been the struggle nowadays. And we've definitely seen a tremendous change in how UAE residents consume media. This is exactly why joining us today is Yasmin Al-Janabi, Meta Lead and Social Media Security Officer, to tell us all about what goes on behind the screens, behind all the social media platforms that tend to wow us. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, Yasmin, according to a study that was recently done by the Telecommunication and Regulatory Authority, we've seen that the UAE has had a usage rate of 106%. It is the only place on the globe to surpass 100%. And this in turn has definitely changed the platforms that residents use to search for news. How did Meta actually adapt with this to make sure that accuracy and transparency are not the price that we pay? Losing them is not the price that we pay to get such information. Well, it's actually a good question, especially after the layoffs lately. You probably have seen that Meta is probably not going to have such a big focus on news as the two news that we are familiar with, the legacy news. But I think that nevertheless there is still a place for news being in packaged in a different way for the young audience. Mm -hmm. um, audience especially in a certain age between 14 to 30 or 35 is no longer um, consuming news the old-fashioned way like they are used to have that on demand they are used to have news according to when they are having the daily routine to acquire news to search for news and this is the good way that probably on social media in general and legacy media is supposed to rearrange the strategies to fit in these needs so it's not only being challenging for the young audience but also providing the news during this time that they are really searching for it. Mm -hmm. Now, as you pointed out that, you know, things are changing so drastically as well. And, uh, we, you know, when it comes to these big buzzwords that are being thrown around, Metaverse, the Web 3.0 as well. Um, so in line with that, how do you think um, journalists can and regulators can keep pace with that, especially when it comes to countering the spread of uh, disinformation or fake news as we know it? Oh, this is a complicated question, but I'll try to break it down a little bit. Um, so I think the first step is really going on an eye level, not only with the audience, but also on the platforms, because the platforms, when they were created, they never had news in their minds. Mm -hmm. It was only about, yeah, we'll provide something fun and new for the audience, and let's try to see where it develops. And then at a certain point, publishers jumped on the trend. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's a learning process for journalists and in the end of the day, I know that this is not a very popular uh, opinion and I know that a lot of journalists will have me for saying that, but in the end of the day, we're service providers. So providing a service definitely means that I have to get to know my audience, I have to get to know the platforms, because this is a triangle. If the triangle is not complete, it's not a one-way channel where I sit there in front of the camera on the TV station and talking to the camera and hope that someone is watching apart from my mother and my father. <laughs> so. 
It's quite interesting what you've mentioned because especially nowadays we've tend to we constantly hear the statement you are the content that you consume but social media platforms are also delivering according to what we like to consume and that brings up a big and a very important topic which is how can we stay relevant to the different issues that are taking place around the world so in your opinion how can media organizations kind of reach the customer reach the person looking for the news where they are on such platforms and they remain relevant in an increasingly globalized industry. So first step I would say is to concentrate a little bit on the algorithms and not see the algorithms as an enemy mm -hmm. but rather see it as a chance. So when is a certain algorithm developing and try to jump on the trend and try to be available there. This is the first thing. The second thing is working with data. I know that this is especially in the newsroom something very complicated to expect but um, you have a lot of data out there that you can rely on developing your uh, stories and especially storytelling. I think that a lot of legacy media underestimates the intelligence of the young audience and thinks that because we are such a renominated name, the audience should come to us, but this is no longer the case. We have a lot of competi uh, competition out there. Competition are uh, is not only other media uh, broadcasters, but a lot of influencers, activists who are doing a tremendously good job in what they're doing because they know the audience best and st staying relevant is only by talking to the audience. The young generation wants to be part of the narrative and I think that this is a learning for traditional media in general, really going on an eye level and talking to the young audience and try to see what's interesting to them, tailor the news to uh, the way that really is interesting to them and making them part of it, talk to them. <laughs> this is the fun thing about social media, you can have have instant feedback from your audience. True. Now, so where does that lead uh, the the social media platforms? I mean, you know, you, we, we can talk about the, uh, the the content creators trying to focus a bit more on uh, content that's relevant for the audience. But where does that leave the the platform? Can they also have an algorithm that supports, uh, let's say, promotion of pressing issues such as climate change as well? I think that in this case the platforms would need to work more closely with the uh, broadcasters or with news in general mm -hmm. and to be honest I don't really see that especially with meta in general I think that at a certain point Google is really trying to approach uh, broadcasters and really trying to work together with them Snapchat is doing a good job in my opinion even though I'm meta late I have to say that <laughs> but um, I think like really taking news as serious and not like the old-fashioned thing that oh we have to do it and no one is really interested in because the young generation especially after the black lives matter movement or the me too movement fridays for fridays for future movement this movements all come from a young generation so if we provide the news the way that they like it they will definitely be interested in that and um, the platforms would have to adapt a little bit more and not only being a platform for fashion and for lifestyle. Mm. It's very interesting that she mentions that because we've also seen, you know, Meta recently changed its name because they wanted to incorporate the metaverse within it. Um, does that, how, how does that translate when we're talking about news and when we talk about media industries? Could we potentially in the future maybe have virtual reality become a part of that or augmented reality become a part of that? and what do you envision as consumer reaction to that, if you want to say? I would really love to see a cooperation between whatever platform and any news broadcaster uh, to provide the news the way that it would be interesting for an audience. Let's, for instance, talk about uh, sustainability and uh, environmental topics in Africa. Mm -hmm. If I'm sitting here in uh, Abu Dhabi, probably I 
I'm not really familiar with what's ha happening in Africa, what the oil companies are producing, what they're doing, what harm they're doing to the planet, palm oil production, how is this happening? But if I have a platform where I can go on, put some glasses on, and really go to a certain forest and then see how the forest is being demolished and then uh, palm tree plantation <laughs> is, is a place that are in the same place and what kind of impact it has to the environment, it would probably affect me even more because I would be able to see it with my own eyes between brackets, but be there and be more familiar with that and probably, um, yeah, support a case that is geologically or graphically a little bit far from me, but I can relate to it. Mm, I'm sure Abdel Karim can tell you he definitely related to the discussions once he saw it in the metaverse happening right oh, in yes. front of him. Oh yes, I was a little bit terrified by it, thinking, <laughs> wow, this is, this is a possibility. It's a little bit creepy, right? Yeah, it was. It's like, well, can, we, can the interviewer seem a little bit more pleasant? But uh, but yeah, it was it's great to see this, but how, to what extent, is this going to be a reality? That's the big question that, you know, a lot of people sat in the audience thinking, wow, we've pulled it off, it's great, it looks great, ticks the box that we've done it, showcased it, but are now we going to be like me who's going to be a bit terrified by it or is it going to be like, yes, this is the future? Oh, this is a good question. Unfortunately, I don't have a crystal mm. ball where I can look at it and see this is going to happen, but I think that there is no way around. Mm. Um, I mean, we have seen the changes that happened in the past years uh, in all social media platforms that they're going more into visuals. I mean, even Instagram, who would have ever thought that Instagram, which was mainly a picture uh, platform, suddenly evolved video. into a video platform to be mm. really... Um, yeah, competing there with YouTube or whatever. So I think that there will no, uh, not be a way around. This is why governments probably would have to already set regulations on that so that it, this technology doesn't go into wrong hands or is not being misused the protection of the young generation of children especially because at a certain point they will also jump on the trend and maybe borrow the glasses of the older siblings or whatever so sure. that they don't land in strange spheres mm -hmm. um, so I think that the governments in this case would ho uh, hopefully then jump in and realize that this is an important trend and they have to set regulations from now on so that people are not shocked at a certain <laughs> point and realize oh uh, probably I should have jumped on in the different room but True. yeah <laughs> exactly well Yasmina thank you very much for joining us today and I know you've got a busy schedule ahead because you've got a session uh, that's lined up uh, for sometime around 1.30 in fact yes, so this just is true, half yeah. hour's time thank you very much thank you for having me Thank you so much. Coming up on our live coverage of the Global Media Congress, we're expecting a very exciting conversation with uh, Philips, who's going to be telling us, Philips Richard, who's going to be telling us all about how we can make films with a budget and also how to have a voice within cinema. Keep us 95 locked.